You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're buffoons. Mackey and Judd. They are not buffoons. On 1500 ESPN. When Magic Johnson, Rob Palinka, and LeBron James are sitting at a press conference, that's a win for all of us. That's a win for the sport. That's a win. They're going to be a competitive bunch. No question about it. Are they, when you look at their roster today, as good as the Golden State Warriors? Of course not. But who is? You can't only make the decision based on the, the here and now, and Beto alluded to it. This is about stability. And for me, and I happily don't always think before I speak, it makes life more fun. Yeah. True. It, it allows me to say, wow, LeBron James is legitimately going to play with his son one day, possibly. <laughs> Mackie and Judd, this is a fun, this is a fun season. You got NHL, offseason speculation, NBA. Doogie's hanging out with us from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop podcast. Uh, thanks for coming in and your flip-flop sandals on your vacation time. We appreciate it. You got it. I was running some errands here in St. Paul, so figured, hey, I'll stop in. By the way, it's a busy week for Major League Baseball, specifically the Twins. I mean, the Twins still have three draft picks to sign by the end of the week, and all are trending in the right direction, but that remains to be seen. Plus, today is the start of international free agency. And they landed a big fish, right? They landed... Well, they landed one back in December. A guy that was... Remember that whole Braves fiasco? And they lost a bunch of prospects. So the Twins signed a guy. I mean, the Twins the twins have about $6.1 million mm-hmm. in international free agency pool money. That's as much as anyone. So they spent about two and a half last December on an infielder that's now at Elizabethton. But they signed and another one this news today. Like yeah, 2. they got a good 7. outfielder from Venezuela this morning. Yeah, and... You know, when people say, well, who cares? These guys are years away. Look at the 2009 international free agent class. That was Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, and Miguel Sano. Yeah. And it just just having 20 or 25 talented young assets mm-hmm. so we could trade or whatever. Um, so Judd and I, this might have been in the 9 o'clock hour now. I just brought this up, and I want, I want your thoughts on it. Because I, I don't think anyone's really talking about it, mostly because of who's in charge and just the improbability of this happening. But when they traded, when the Wolves traded for Jimmy Butler on June 22nd, 2017, most of us agreed, okay, this is a great move, even though you're you're maybe expediting the winning process to coincide with the Warriors dynasty. Still, this is going to be super fun. They went to the playoffs, and I'm not saying that they should regret the Jimmy Butler trade by any means. But it is interesting how much different the landscape is for the team and for the Western Conference post-June 22nd, 2017. Andrew Wiggins didn't get better. In fact, he probably regressed and isn't meshing well with Jimmy Butler. You thought, oh, Jimmy's going to help Andrew Blossom. It hasn't worked that way so far. Chris Paul was traded in a sign-and-trade to the Rockets after June 22, 2017. Paul George, Oklahoma City, that happened after June 22. LeBron to the Lakers. Like, There's so many things that are different about the Western Conference and the team. I'm shocked but not shocked at the same time. But there's not more chatter about, okay, like, is hanging on to Jimmy Butler for one year and then praying that he comes back and he's healthy, is that the best strategy for the Wolves long-term? Or should they call the Lakers right now and say, hey, you want Jimmy Butler with LeBron James? Give us Brandon Ingram. Give us Kuzma. 
explore different options other than running into this Western Conference brick wall? Why is that not even a conversation? Is it just because Tibbs and Jimmy Butler are tied at the hip and it's it is what it is? Yeah, I mean, I think it's as simple okay. as that. Now, on Lakers' potential interest in Jimmy, if it ever got to that point, I can tell you that Rob Palenka, the Lakers' general manager, likes Jimmy. Now, I presume they will explore all options when it comes to Kawhi, but if San Antonio just said, hey, no way, no how, you know, then... Sure. I mean, I think the Lakers absolutely would offer one of those good young pieces, if not multiple, or one and a future first, although the future first would be, what, in the 20s, but still, first-round picks have value. So if it got to that point, yes, the Lakers would be Mm -hmm. interested. But yeah, I mean, there's no thought that it will ever get to that point as long as Tom Thibodeau is in charge. Now, hey, Tibbs might feel like... We can resign him. Even if he won't take the deal that we have on the table now, what is it, four years, 109, yeah. 110? Which he's not signing, right? No, I mean... It makes no sense to sign it now. I have no sense. Sign. I've checked for a while, going yeah. back months, because it just it was a foregone conclusion. They would make the offer. Sure. You know, would he sign it? No, I mean, why would you leave potentially, what, $80 million on the table? Absolutely. It doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I mean, to me, Jimmy plays this thing out, then becomes a free agent a year from now. He does have a player option for the 2019-2020 season, but he doesn't exercise that option then enters unrestricted free agency mm-hmm. a year from now. But yeah, I mean, that's where that's where it's a slippery slope. Because if if you're Tibbs, I can get it. You've got this rock-solid relationship with Jimmy. You feel like if you can find a way to keep Jimmy healthy, you were just a couple games from being as high as the three seed. Let's find a way, although history suggests Jimmy breaks down. Yeah, he doesn't stay healthy. That's the problem. And that's what I've told you, by the way. That's the risk with giving him the big money. Like, you don't have a choice. It's just the way it works. Like, if Jimmy wants the four years, 109 now, or you can re-sign Jimmy in a year, you just you have to do it. But think about paying Jimmy Butler absurd money when he's 33, 34 years old. I mean, and it's a credit to him for how hard he plays. But I'm just telling you, I would not want to be paying him ridiculous money same thing with Chris Paul. I mean, the Rockets were screwed. I don't want to be paying Chris Paul all that money the way he breaks down. 36 or 37. But as something. hard as Jimmy plays, yeah. there's no way I want to be Zach paying Parisi, Jimmy absurd Doogie. money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same type of But I'm of just thing. telling you, you don't have a choice. Like, if Jimmy no. wants the money, you happily give it to him. But I'm just saying, looking down the road three, four years, whew. So, yeah, I mean, that's a legit conversation. I'd also add, you know, Denver signs Paul Millsap. I still think that's a legit team. You, just, you look at the whole landscape in the West. Phoenix is now how much better with Aiton, with Trevor Ariza. What else will they do? I think they end up with at least one of these point guards along the way. Dallas. Maybe it's because I just I love Doncic, but Dallas is going to be a lot better. Yeah. You know, so you look at some of those other teams. Oof. <laughs> so the, the question the question becomes then is this a playoff team? And I think the answer as we I sit here and, and right discuss now. this now I think they are. is borderline probably at best. You you can we went through this. You can go through an exercise right now, Dukes, and you can find eight teams easy that don't involve the, the Wolves to make, make the playoffs in 2019. You can pretty easily do that. Uh, so, mm, Is that fair, though, considering how close they were to the three seed? I think it is now. I and think they are is, going to add think, somebody that can make some shots. About, They're going to add somebody, I think, a rotation guy here, whether think, it's in a week or Doogie, four I, weeks. I think given what, what we just talked about and what, what you laid out about where this conference is at right now, I think it's very fair to say that, yes, they, they were they were close to a three seed, but they also came with one loss away from missing the playoffs entirely and that this conference is now improved and that you definitely have 
at least one, if not two teams that didn't didn't make the playoffs. Heck, there might be three in the Western Conference last year that very well could pop up and, and replace you next season. Sure. I mean, Phoenix, Dallas, I think the Clippers still have the some La- pieces. The and certainly the Denver and the Lakers. The playoffs, Correct. But then who drops out? So I guess when looking at the top eight. Yeah. Plus, Mike Conley Jr. is now healthy. I mean, talking to my guy J.B. Bickerstaff, now it sounds like they have no chance on Bradley. They tried to get Bradley and just couldn't get into that conversation, couldn't convince him to come to Memphis. Not that I know where Bradley is going right this second, but it doesn't sound like it'll be Memphis. But I know that J.B.'s got some hope, just with a healthy Mike Conley Jr., that they can do some things. You know, so, I mean, they're forgotten you know, but there's New Orleans if if they end up losing Boogie Cousins, although they actually played better without him. Without him, but does New Orleans drop off? Can Portland sustain this level of success? Probably, but and they might trade one of their question one of their two big time guards too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I'm just saying to me, it's only fair then to mention that they were close to the three seed. It is, I, it, but it's also possible that you, you're talking about that neither one of you guys are wrong. That you have ten teams. Kind of like last year, but add another team because the Lakers are going to jump into this mix. Instead of nine teams, you might have 10 teams, 45, 46 wins or more. And so you could have a good season that almost any other year would result in a six seed or something and miss the playoffs in the Western Conference. And if that happens, probably say goodbye to Jimmy Butler. Like there's so much uncertainty just based on the Western Conference landscape here. Like, I'm not bumping the Jazz out. I'm not bumping oh, the no. Thunder out. Yeah, I'm not, definitely no one. And Utah. some people might say, and I think well, Favors ends up back in Utah. San Antonio won 47 games in, a, in sort of a retooling year without Kawhi Leonard, yeah, basically. I'm not bumping them out. And if either. they were to get something of substance, let's say they trade Kawhi to the Lakers for Ingram and for they some get other Ingram, guys. like, they're mm-hmm. going to be good again. Mm hmm. And they're not—they're they're not going to be a championship can, contender, but they're not going to win thirty games. They're going to win forty-five, I fifty agree. games. They're right? right in that mix, but there's a lot of teams right in that mix, including the Wolves. You know, so yeah, it's—it's it's fascinating. I would like to see now. There's no sense that this will happen for this upcoming season, but maybe it happens in a year, two, or three. That Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, comes to his senses because he's a brilliant man and says, "You know what? It's time to just." Seed teams one through sixteen. Forget the conferences. Let's just have the top sixteen teams. Because yeah, I mean, I think I think we'll see it next season where the nine and ten seeds in the Western Conference will be right up there. Yeah. You know, just based on schedule and balance, maybe the seven and eight seed in the East will have maybe as many wins just because you're playing that many more teams in the East. But I think if if when it's all said and done, we take a look and say, okay, the nine and ten seeds in the West compared to the six, seven, and eight seeds in the East, I think we would say, yeah. If those teams had to play, we would take the 9 and 10 seeds in the West. But I'm telling you, at least for this next season, all signs point to what we're used to. The top 8 in the West, yeah. the top 8 in the East. Uh, back to the Wolves roster for a second here. Two guys wonder, wondering what the Derrick Rose signing, because it's 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 not crippling salary-wise, but it is playing time and it's a rotation spot. What does it mean for Tyus Jones? And then what happens with Bielitsa here? Do they... Are they too close to luxury tax ramifications to bring Bielitsa back and also to use the mid-level exception? So two separate questions there for you. Well, on Bielitsa, he was tendered a qualifying offer. Now, there's no sense that he will sign the qualifying offer, but in the next few days, if the market dries up, you could make a case, why not sign the qualifying offer one year, nearly $5 million, then become an unrestricted free agent next summer mm-hmm. when about half the league 
is going to have really good cap space. Yeah, cap goes up maybe seven, eight million dollars next year. Correct. Mm-hmm. So is that a possibility? What I'm saying is I'm not dismissing that possibility. From what I can gather, the Wolves have maintained semi-regular dialogue with the B elites at camp. So the Wolves haven't dismissed the possibility of trying to bring him back. But I know the Suns have some interest and they still have some cap space. Utah has some interest. The Spurs have some interest. And they have the full mid-level. So, I mean, if Bielitsa gets an offer for the full mid-level for mm-hmm. multiple years, not quite sure the Wolves match that offer. But I'm just saying, him signing the qualifying offer then choosing unrestricted free agency a year from now isn't the worst idea. But if I had to bet right now, I think Bielitsa ends up elsewhere. Man. Doesn't return here. On Rose, I mean, we saw it at times last year, Rose and Tyus Jones coexisted in the same backcourt. With Jamal Crawford. Yeah, so, and Jamal's gone. I mean, say what you want about Jamal. He still played, what, 21 minutes a game last year? So there are minutes to be had. But they're going to sign someone, a wing player, it sounds like, to take some of those minutes. But what if they end up with, let's say, Anthony Tolliver and, on the minimum, a guy like Trevor Booker? But a Kogi's going to play, right? Mm, 19 years old? Is he G League right away? I like him. I like him a lot. I like him even more after sitting down with him last week. Really good dude. Tibbs past would say that that he, he won't play as much as we might think right now. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, Tibbs, now, Morodic had European experience, but he played him as a rookie. He played Chris Dunn, who did play, what, three or four years at Providence. But it's not like Tibbs hasn't played a rookie before. Right. But, but when it comes to Okogie at 19 years old... I love how that's the conversation. Meanwhile, over in Utah and Boston, these 19-year-olds are thriving in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. I think the question, question, though, is is how much is Derrick Rose going to eat up playing time of guys who should be playing? And and it does show, and it continues down this path of, and we've thrown out all the the old Bulls names, it continues down the path of Tibbs loves his old Bulls. Oh, yeah. And, and, but I mean, this all, this all, I and think. And we may goes, not be done with X Bulls, right? If, if the, the Lakers end up stretching Luol Dang, I would absolutely bet on Luol Dang landing but here. But this all goes to why I think there's a certain segment of the population who f- follow this team on a consistent basis who are getting frustrated like me. Because, okay. Why? He won in Chicago. Just to play devil's advocate. Okay. But, but, but he won with those players in Chicago when he played them into the ground back then. Also made a lot old, of money. They're now old timers. Yeah. So that's my problem. If hey, if this was But a, I guess what were you expecting then this summer based on their limitations cap wise? No, I'm I'm expecting roster construction that allows guys who should be playing in 2018-19 to be playing. You're curious about not, Tyus Jones. Not, like, yes, not Derek. Well, I think Tyus I think Tyus is gonna play. I do. Because I think Rose can play off the ball. So I think we'll see at times. I don't think Rose being back is as bad as many Wolves fans think it is when it comes to Tyus Jones playing time. Okay. okay. Well, if that's the case, that's okay. How about but that for the short answer? Now, if you want to be upset, heck, last year they give Taj Gibson about this time, what, two years, $28 million. Now, Taj had a career year. Mm-hmm. I think he actually had his best year. He did. So I think he earned the $14 million. Mm-hmm. But word is, his next highest offer wasn't close to $14 million a year. So how'd they come up with 14? Well, Was it a blind <laughs> bid? Like, what? And they knew about the cap. That's the, that's the, the frustrating Taj agency, thing. Those guys are geniuses. I mean, that's the same agency that had Harris us, sign right away on late Saturday and but other Dukes, guys, Ilyasova. Dukes, Mark's t- told us on Friday that they were aware that the cap was not going to, to go up much, if at all. And so they signed that contract full well knowing that the next year it was going to bite them right in the butt. Correct. But they were convinced that Taj did have an offer. That was close. That was comparable. 
to $14 million a year. But it turns out, I'm just telling you, it turns out. It did seem a no. little high when they signed him. I mean, he had interest. I mean, the Thunder were trying to bring him back, but they were up against the luxury tax. The Nets had interest. His hometown of Brooklyn. I mean, there was interest a year ago in Taj. But I'm just telling you, in the end, he did not have another offer that was close to $14 You're million. You're not giving me a lot thing. of faith, Doogie. Uh, Doogie is, uh, Doogie's got to go. We got to send him off to the lake because, uh, we've taken up too much of his time here on vacation week. But you can find his scoop podcast, 1500ESPN.com. And he's always on, uh, five, uh, five eyewitness news in KSCP.com. You know what? I'll hang out here because my next stop is Costco. God help me. Seriously. Everybody say a prayer for me. Costco, St. Louis Park. I've got no Oh, you're not going to that Costco. Well, I'm not driving to Maple Grove and I'm not going to eat in prayer. Oh, that parking lot. Yeah, I am going to St. Louis Park. That parking lot is. I know. That's the definition of hell. I'd rather hang out with you guys. Get some cheese balls. It'll help pass the time. Yeah, but I appreciate it. You know what? The latest Scoop podcast has a conversation with Cole Aldrich on his time here with the Wolves. He was actually very complimentary of Tibbs, the future of the Wolves, no hard feelings. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, go check out Doogie Scoop podcast. Let's do let's do stuff next, Dave. What do you got for us? Uh, we're still waiting to hear Torts flaming everybody, and we're going to do it next. Cool. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Attention, radio alert. Mackie and Judd now continue on fifteen hundred. ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by KFC. Get the new Crispy Kernel Sandwich from KFC. The new KFC Crispy Kernel $5 fill-up with wedges, cookie, and a drink. This offer is not everywhere and not forever. Prices may vary. Tax and substitutions extra. That's ridiculous. The Rock knows what how you feel City about Twin sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. I want to know. Not just stuff. I want torts. Well, stuff slept late today, too. It wasn't yeah. stuff's fault. The but alarm. Stuff, big weekend for stuff. stuff. A lot of drinking. Accidentally set the alarm to p.m. instead of a.m. Oh, I happened. hate when I do that. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> but you got some tort stuff that I saw yesterday that is just spectacular. It is spectacular, but I'm going to make you wait just a little bit for it, Judd. All I'm right. going to really slow, kick this, slow cook this one. Because first, we have to start with more NBA free agency talk. We haven't discussed Paul George returning to the Thunder much. And we haven't discussed it with Windy. The Windy reaction soon after. We were, we were watching this live. Agency. Oh, this, yes. Open. Yes. I saw this live too, actually. I was in on it as well. Look at you. If you're going to take a multi year deal, yeah. you'd want to take a two year deal. Because if he took a two year deal, Rach, he could get to 10 Rage. years uh, service right. time mm-hmm. and then come back on the market and get a big raise. Taking a three-year deal, this is basically him giving a giant hug to Oklahoma City. Uh, Mm -hmm. This, I am stunned. I am as stunned by this contract as I was stunned that the Thunder. In fact, I almost will tell you. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that this is a bigger bigger accomplishment for the Thunder than trading for him. Oh, his his outrage slash sort of consternation during that segment was just it's incredible. So good. But, I'm going to take more than two. But I'm going to do it. I think Woj clarified that even though it's a four year, three year max or four year max, that he can still he can still extend that contract after the second year, so he could still get like seven years and. Just absurdly dumb money. Wendy. But, but Wendy's reaction in the moment was because, you know, they're going to move on. He's like, and another thing. He puts his <laughs> finger in the air. 
He's just Rach. grabbing his head the whole time. <gasps> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, you know who else is grabbing their head? Everybody in Spain. Meanwhile, the Russians, they were rather happy. A little World Cup PK victory. And this was the call from the uh, Russian broadcast. <laughs> so much oh, for a touchdown man. call on that one. Uh-huh. Just simultaneous screaming. Ah! <laughs> What's up? I'm not sure that game was the poster child for converting casual soccer fans like like Judd or like oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a no. little more hardcore World Cup fan. No. It was Spain just sort of playing kick it around the perimeter possession for 80% of the game and Russia trying to get it to penalty kicks. Russia's whole goal was Hey, if we get a run, we get a run. Otherwise, let's just try to get it to penalty kick so that we have a chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. That's definite flaw right there. Get the PKs. I, I still don't get that whole thing. You take all. You work this hard to get to a place, and you finally get there, and then you decided on PKs. Yeah, it's a darn shame they make the sport exciting. I don't like it. Yeah. So you want them to just run around the pitch? Until they no, all pass you. out. I've told until, you. Until like the last yes, guy standing, you know yeah, I guess I I'll just kick a, the ball the, into the empty net because everyone's give passed a, out. I don't give a damn. Yes. Yes. I want them to continue. I want sport, the sport to be continued to be played like it's played. The penalty kick makes no sense to me. Well, your sport implements the same thing. I, and I, in the regular season. And you love it. And I, yeah. Yeah. The shootout's <laughs> just great. It was a great idea, Gary. Gary, you've done a great yeah, job. But, you're a Hall of Famer. But think about this. So you have 90 minutes. Now you're getting me mad. Do this on purpose. You have 100 minutes, including stoppage time, yep. of, of regulation. So they're out there running around for 100 minutes. Yep. And then it's a 15-minute first extra session and a 15-minute second yep. plus stoppage. So you're literally out there for like 140 minutes. Yep. If you can't break the tie after 140 minutes, you got to find a way to put a just put a bullet in the game, right? Like, do something, for <laughs> like, God's sake. I like, that. <laughs> like, that was good. Hey, yeah. come on over here, Gary. Come <laughs> on over. You're going to get made. I'm going to a whole bunch. Uh, let's celebrate the day that was yesterday and will be until 2035. Bonilla hits it well. Is it far enough? It is gone. A home run. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, boys. Paid him, off man. once again by the New York Mets. So I, one point was it one point five or one point two one point or one point nine or something? I think it's one two. Yeah, it's one two or can one we, three. Can we find if he if he is still on this planet? Can we find the guy who actually negotiated that contract and signed off from the Mets' perspective of allowing Bobby Bonilla to collect a paycheck on July? It's outstanding. It's pay him then. Pay him. Up until like, 2035. Like, What's the difference? Save what, money. What are you thinking, though? You're thinking, oh, you know what? That's fine. We'll pay you until you're approximately, what, 70 years old? Is that right? Okay, if the Wild right now, if if Craig Leopold said, listen, like if there was a way somehow financially to say, and they wouldn't allow this, but if there was, all right. So Zach Parisi's contract and, and Miko Koivu's contract, just to get it out from underneath the salary cap, we're going to pay those guys until they're 70 years old. Like, that's the agreement. Yeah. You know you'd sign up for that. To clear cap space for your for your team to go out and get other players who are under the age of thirty five. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, but you have with, to but you have to pay those guys. Maybe with per- in annual maybe installments with Parisi, until I consider it. Koivu, I just say you're no longer captain and you're in the press box every night. And if you don't like it, too bad. All right, let's talk torts. John Tortorella.
Columbus Blue Jackets lost a defenseman to the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jack Johnson. Johnson's had some trouble, had some bankruptcy issues. Parents stole from him. Yeah, yeah, big, big mm-hmm. uh, problems. that uh, He had to forfeit nearly all of his salary the last two seasons to get through up at the Blue Jackets. Helped him through. That's certainly their claim. No one seems to dispute that. Anyway, Johnson signs with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hmm. Quote, I've been looking to be in a winning culture, he said in the press conference. GM of the Penguins, Jim Rutherford, also talked about Johnson being scratched this past year in the playoffs and said, I'm not exactly sure why it was, but it wasn't because of how he was playing. Poke at the Blue Jackets there. Hmm. Well, Torts heard all of this, and John Tortorella was a little bit upset to the Athletic. Speaking of Johnson first, for him to back and slap slap at try again. For him to backhand slap us like this is utter bull bleep. Hang on. Got to get the official bleep. Yeah, it's good, and it's he should know better. No one wishes anything bad to happen to him and his family. We wish him the best. For him to put it that way though today is bull. And to have a general manager question our decision making from 3 hours away, he must be a magician he continues back to Johnson he doesn't have enough balls to call me back because I've tried to get in touch with him you don't on an organization that's done nothing but try to help you we all know Jack has had some problems along the way here it's very well chronicled all we've done is help him Back to Rutherford. <laughs> the thing that ticks me off the most is a general manager in this league questioning and talking about our decision-making, Tortorella said. Shut the f- up. I don't want to go to name-calling because I know Jimmy. Speaking of Rutherford, he's a good man. They're both good people. But what the f- are they doing? Get on with your business. I hope Johnson plays his ass off for them, but stay the f- out of our business oh. when you don't know what's going on. <laughs> That writer must have been like, I can't, I've just hit the jackpot. Was this in just like a one-on-one yeah. conversation? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He yes. just completely went off. <laughs> Fantastic, Torch, but not surprising from Torch. He's a national treasure. It's classic He's Torch. a national treasure. Uh, all right, Derek Wetmore is going to come in here. Maybe we have to apologize to him again now because he's the one that predicted the season oh, was over. That in was like more April. like you than me. I I always t- tended to agree with Derek on that. But Brian Dozier said some interesting things we can get to. Wetmore on Twins when we come back. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That is good news. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Four hours of trauma. <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore. Presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. You know, these games about winning and losing and, you know, come in here and get swept the way we did. Um, their offense, we just had trouble with. You know, there's a lot of big innings, a lot of crooked numbers. You know, I think our guys stayed with it. And we got some opportunities there, and we got some big hits to get us back in the game. Um, you know, when when you get as close as we did there late, it makes you think about some of the some of the runs we gave up along the way. Um, you know, so that's frustrating. I'm glad Wetmore's in here. Him and I have been on the same page all year about the Twins being cooked since the yeah. second week oh, of the yeah. season. Uh, Him and okay. I have been in lockstep on this. The season's been over Come for on, three boys, months. Come on, boys, hash it out. Hash it out now. Welcome it to the bandwagon, my friend. And here we are. Here we are on July 1st, July 2nd. So, 
It was hot, huh? In in I guess Chicago. So. I guess I so. heard it was on Saturday's game. I, I heard once or twice. Let's start there. Go ahead. That yeah. it was hot. Uh, all right. Did anyone else watch that game? Did Saturday? Did you watch the yeah, game I on Saturday? Saturday? All right. All right. Richard, I understand it was hot. Richard Bramer, I get it was hot. But my God, if I ever have to hear a whole telecast on being concerned that grown men who are professional athletes in the prime of their lives are all going to drop dead, I honestly, I. I at one point said I got to turn the sound down, and then I thought, well, no, I can't. I'm so far in. I've got to hear how many times he's going to talk about it. I just want to talk about the you know the the professionalism here and how hot. All right, it was super hot. It's summer. If if everyone's was that, it historically hot? If every I mean, they've played afternoon games in the summer in Chicago for a hundred years, I, so. this happened, and they used to wear wool uniforms like in the 1930s. It was real hot, okay? Passing out in the outfield in wool uniforms. But but my God, if it's that bad, then then have a rule in that if it's X amount of degrees on the field, the game's going to be delayed until night. And if it's not that bad, let's just play and not have to hear about it. The one thing that I kept thinking of, though, is as a kid, I can't tell you guys how many Twins games I watched in Kansas City where it's real hot, too. And they used to play on artificial turf where it gets hotter. So... The Saturday telecast, I, I was, if if I could have gone to my roof, if my roof was like three more stories, I would have launched my carcass off of that thing. I was just See, so. Because Bramer has blocked me, not on, not just on Twitter, but in life, when I watch the broadcast, I only hear LaTroy Hawkins. Like, I, I'm not able. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Able, yeah. <laughs> oh, he never says that. And he calls him Richard, too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I heard it got hot on Friday and Saturday. That was the rumor. I wasn't in Chicago, so I don't really have a good perspective on that, but. Saturday's was one of the craziest games that I've seen in a while. You don't have an outfield of Williams, Astadio, Robbie Grossman, and nice Logan Morrison very name, often. By the way. Thank good. you. I've been practicing. I knew I was going to talk to you guys on the radio, so needed to learn not only how to spell it, but anyways, it, a bizarre game, and I don't know. I think bigger picture, I'm not as concerned about the weather as Judd. I look at it as a sweep in Chicago in which you gave up 150 runs, it seemed like, over the course of three games. And you are now absolutely buried in the American League Central standings. I I don't see coming back from this with less than a month to go before the trade deadline. You know what the Twins are great at, though? Falling behind by like nine runs and then still making it sort of fun in the seventh inning, but losing anyway. Incredible. They've done that like four times Incredible, (laughs) improbable. I give them all the props in the world for the offense that you know to get back to that point. But what are the odds of that? You know what? It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Well, of course it drives you crazy. Well, wait, wait, wait. Imagine but how Mahler feels. If you're a plucky bunch, if you're a plucky bunch and you come back, like like last year they did they did it and it was endearing at times, but this group to me, I'm beginning to despise more and more. You played so bleep poor on the, the, for the first the part of Sunday's game, and then you got this late, let's go back and get them boys around. It's despicable to me. I'm like either lose, either lose, either lose by ten, lose by ten, or don't get down by eight or nine. Oh, you don't want Judd, them to show fight. Judd got stirred up a little bit. No, this I'm morning, just, I think. I'm saying they were they were plucky last year. They're becoming more and more despicable by the day this year to me. I, I wrote. Oh, go ahead. Dude. I was going to say I wrote about that on Sunday. The idea of the big comeback, but but that it was unnecessary. This is my five thoughts column for today. That's on the website, and and there are two things that I saw. One is the at bat to John Lester. Lance Lynn gets a 2-2 fastball that maybe was a strike, and he looked pretty mad about it, and it was called a ball. So, okay, fine, go make your next pitch to a pitcher who's hit one home run in his big league career. 
He didn't. He gave up a three-run bomb, and the game changes. Next batter, <laughs> Lynn fails to cover first base, and five runs score after that. Yeah. Five runs scored after you should have had the third out. So, yeah, where is he at if this you're, year? Look, if you're a, a member of the Twins front office or coaching staff or even a teammate, you see that and you say, what the heck, man? What the heck? We are so far behind in the standings. We need to scratch and claw and fight for every inch and then you're not going to cover first base. I, that wouldn't sit well with me if I was with the Twins. And I watched yesterday's game and basically said, I wasn't annoyed like you, Judd, because I I, I, like emotionally I'm not invested to the degree that you are in things like the weather and the telecast. Well, and I stuff. spent time. Yes. I mean, yes. it was a, a portion, portion of my you, day. You wished and, at like 6 and, o'clock that you had that time back. And I will say right now, Lance Lynn, I think he's a fraud. This, this, whole, this whole I am Mr. Competitive thing to me it's like if this is true then show it when you don't cover first base and then i I believe he he was asked about it after the game and he said well that that's on me and i think somebody said did paul talk to you about it and he said i was too mad being Mm. i I was too mad at at myself to process what paul that that's fraudulence right there i I mean logan morrison could have made a better play i mean he maybe comes in on that ball i'm not saying it's a hundred percent on lance lynn did the the game that lance pitched well in and then he got all mad about it i didn't get i I sense some some fraudulent competitiveness that he's trying to sell here's an issue too adalberto mejia has the same thing happen to him on saturday you're late covering first base and a fast runner gets on because of your inability to cover that that to me i i get it there are more things that go into being a big league pitcher and and he's got to make his pitches and stuff like that but that that to me if i was his teammate or if i was on his coaching staff i would be so annoyed with that at this point in the season that those things are happening um that mejia maybe it's an isolated incident because that was his first start of 2018 but on lynn i wanted to pose this to you guys because i asked my readers in the column in the newsletter uh last night how many more starts do you think Lance Lynn makes in a Twins uniform? Well, this is what's... It's his performance, and I'll use the word despicable the judges used. It was an embarrassing performance. It, it's bad in that it helps the Cubs beat the Twins in that moment. Like, it just costs you a game in that moment. But it's also bad because he had been pitching pretty well for a couple months. Yeah, And really. you're, you're getting close to the trade deadline, and if he just strings together, like, four more of those things, or even two or three more of those things... And and some team looks over and says, "All right, okay, yeah, we, he's not going to be our ace by any means, but we're looking to make the playoffs or make a wild card game." So he's hurting the Twins in two ways. He's like preventing them from winning when he does that, and preventing them from trading him. I honestly think he hasn't he hasn't mentally gotten over the offseason snubbing as he perceives it. Sure, he could have been a St. Louis Cardinal for three or four million dollars more than what he's making with the twins. Five million more, I think. Five million? So five million more? He'd rather be in St. Louis pitching for more money than doing this with the twins, and it's obvious every time he takes the mound. He's the most miserable looking twin in a bad season on a roster that keeps cycling through. Like there's been fifty guys on this roster and he's number one in the miserable looking rankings. I've got what, three, four more starts before the All Star break? Three let's say three starts. And then you've got three or four after the break before the deadline. But as Thad Levine was quoted in that MLB.com story uh, two weekends ago saying, well, yeah, we'd like to give this thing some time. But boy, if you wait until the deadline with how many sellers there are, there might not be buyers left by July 31st. So maybe it's time to move. If you're the twins, I would be making... I would put it this way. I would be having those conversations. I would have an all-hands meeting like today... To figure out, all right, 
which way is this going to go? Are we really going to play this string out for four more weeks, even three more weeks? Or is it just time to, is it decision time on the 2018 season? I, I put the over under guys just like for fun, chatting with friends, like three and a half starts over four. under. You, you take the over, take the under, take your pick, but that might be a 50 50 bet. If they're not on the horn right, right now, in fact, if they didn't get on the phone a week ago or so, they're crazy. Because you're because you're right. the The issue is this: baseball has changed now, and if you go up to July thirty first and say, "Hey, now now we'd, we'd like to make trades," you got a lot of guys who are going Open to be moved by bidding. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so the way that baseball works now, and with teams actually tanking on purpose, I think if you if you were the Twins, you would identify a week and at least a week ago that it's time to make those phone calls. So is it fair to say I, I, I we're this this season is just a it's a lost cause and it's not what anyone watching the team as a fan or in the organization thought was going to happen. You didn't think you're going to be this far out of it at the trade deadline. Is it fair to say that short term this is a disaster, but long term I personally still like where they are as an organization. I like that they don't have a bunch of crippling contracts. Um I like that Royce Lewis is batting 320 with yeah. barely a strikeout at, and he's going to be up at high A pretty soon. I like that they have assets. A bunch of questions about Sano and Buxton, obviously. Um, but like, I think it's fair to say that short term, this is a com- complete bus fire. But long term, it doesn't have to be that, oh, this is all just heading to the sewer. Yeah. They've got some things well, that you can hang your hat on. I, I agree with you a little bit, but here's where I'd fight you is. If you told me in a vacuum in spring training, hey, this club's not making the postseason, and some of the guys you brought in you'll be disappointed with, I'd have been like, well, okay, all right. 2019 still a good year. They're still building around a young core. They're ready to go. The Indians probably take a step back just given the contracts and free agents and stuff like that. That that might not be a bad situation. I actually I might have taken that in spring training if you said, hey, it's not going to work this year, but you'll still be in a great spot for next year. I don't feel that way right now, and there are three reasons why. One, we'll see Jorge Polanco for the first time tonight. We don't know what he's going to be. I was really, really optimistic of on Jorge Polanco this winter and what his future held for the Twins. I thought they have a star shortstop on their hands. Still some questions defensively, but the way that guy hit the final two months of the season, I thought you got a star player. Boom, that's one. Two, Byron Buxton is only getting better. He played like a superstar down the stretch. <laughs> Boom. That's to Miguel Sano. What more needs to be said on this radio station about where Miguel Sano's career is at? So I think if those three things were unknown to me this winter, and you just said like, hey, not going to be a postseason club, but like there's still some things to like. I would have said, yeah, that sounds about right. That's It's about where they are. Maybe they played a little bit over their heads last year, got to the postseason, good stepping stone, Step back, fine. That's that's okay. As it is, the way this has played out, I think this has got to be concerning for the three- and five-year future of the Twins that you don't know what you have in those three players that I sort of expected to be stars. Hey, so no, did go two for four last night in um, four Myers. A little congratulations. Ho- first home run in 34 trips. How old was the pitcher that he was facing? And, on. and I, I saw it's it. It's a big night. On, it was tweeted, and it looks like he's lost some weight, and I'm not joking. All right. It looks like he's lost. Well, somewhere. good. Then he's uh, on the right track. The, the problem. The problem. You know, those Fort Myers uniforms are very slimming. Okay. The problem to what what you you just said, Derek, is this: Look at what Buxton's not doing in Rochester. 
He's not hitting still. Yeah, they're going to just. They're he's gonna not coming. He's they, not coming back. I bet you they option him. He's not coming back for yeah. a long time. Well, he'll he might still beat Miguel back. And, and <laughs> he I heard. And I heard Bramer saying, you know, it's going to be good to get him back in center. Dick, he ain't coming back for. A while. You've got to get him right. If you bring him back to play defense, then I am going to turn on, on th- these guys big. Time. I want to see Jake Cave get some run in center field. If he they, can play a little but bit, but if they bring him back to play defense, that's a massive mistake. Yeah, you got to do right by Buxton. I think they will. You got to do right by Buxton. You got to do right by Sano. Yep. And let's see what uh, Jorge Polanco brings the rest of the way. And he's going to join in Milwaukee here. Yeah, Sounds I like think, today, right? It's possible he could play tonight. They haven't yeah. made a roster move. They haven't announced anything, but that's kind of the rumbling. Uh, and, to, and to your point from like 10 minutes ago, just to put a mental snapshot in your heads, they had an outfield at one point of a designated hitter, a first baseman, and a catcher slash other positions the named was, Williams. And he was, that was their outfield. And he at was one playing point. center field on Saturday because <laughs> it was really hot there. Uh, field. Brian Dozier said something interesting that we should uh, let's let's run this by Wetmore and see what he thinks. Mackie and Judd, uh, the Touch 'Em All podcast. You can find Wetmore and I and all kinds of uh, different things every week on the Touch 'Em All podcast feed. Fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and also Apple Podcast. This is where the magic starts. Mackie and Judd now continue. Showtime! On 1500 ESPN. Enjoy your first 4th of July grill out on Wednesday before noon. Join 1500 ESPN and Twin Cities in Motion for the Red, White, and Boom post-race party this Wednesday. It's at Father Hennepin Park in Minneapolis. Come out for this Twin Cities summer tradition that features live music, games, food, drinks, and more. Details can be found at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. 3-2, and a drive out of the left center, and that baby will go! Three-run homer, John Lester! God, <laughs> just going yard first off twi- Lance Lynn. First opposing uh, pitcher to homer off the Twins since uh, Brewers pitcher did it in 1999. Do you guys remember uh, Dan Perkins? Dan Perkins. It was a guy named Dan Perkins. Wow. I, all a blur to me. Well, I don't. There are some pitchers in those times for the Twins, though, that passed through. First, uh, I, I looked this up the other day. I went through Lynn's home run log. That is the How long did that take you? 100th career. Not as long as you might think. 1,000 strikeouts in his career. Uh, 100 home runs allowed now if you include the postseason. Yep. First time that a pitcher took Lance Lynn deep in the major leagues. So Congratulations. That. And it was a shock, too. Wow. Congratulations. That's the 1500 ESPN Research Department. All right, well, guys, thanks for having me. I'll I'll catch you next week. Uh, Brian Dozier said this to our friend Dan Hayes, who's going to be on with us. uh, Well, actually, he's usually on with us Wednesdays. We'll see. Maybe we can get him this week, uh, even though Wednesday's the 4th. But uh, Brian Dozier to The Athletic over the weekend regarding this contract season for him where he didn't really get the conversations that he wanted to. And so the question was sort of, has this been an odd season for you? And Dozier said this. I want your guys' thoughts on this. It's been a little different. There's some other stuff that only a couple people know about that I haven't really shared with anybody else and probably won't until later on down the line. That's been the most frustrating thing, but it kind of is what it is. I've still got a job to do here, and that's helped lead these guys back into the postseason. With that being said, you're going to get 100% of me. End quote. Okay, so he's basically saying, yeah, it's been a weird year. There's some things like I'm not going to make excuses, but there's an excuse, maybe multiple, that I'll maybe reveal down the road. I need I need for him to either elaborate more 
or to not throw those morsels out. Sure. On one hand, you appreciate that he's not going to make it about him, that he's not going to throw up excuses for the season that he's had to date. But he kind of is. On the other hand... He's saying, like, there's an excuse, but I'm not going to tell you what the excuse is until later, maybe. We'll Well, see. And his job to lead this team back to the postseason, like, that ship has sailed to me. I told you the guys that on May 1st, and I was... I was blasted for that at the time, and well, by Judd. I yeah. mean, I mean, this guy Eric took it very personally. Tried to tell you. Right oh here. yeah, you guys yeah. were in lockstep, no question <laughs> yeah. about it. And uh, you know, that, to me, I I can appreciate when a player's not going to make it about themselves and all that. And we should say this in Dozier's defense, because I think I I, I think I'm with you, Phil. That quotes like that are kind of like cockamamie boo boo. But there is this amount of he has taken the podium. All the time, every day for four years for a team that then said, oh, you're in your final year. Okay, well, hey, good luck with that. And he said, guys, media, fans, I want to be here. I want to be a Minnesota twin. I want to be here for the long term. Let's get something done. Let's make it happen. And crickets. So from if, if I'm putting myself in his shoes, I could see being entirely frustrated with the whole, oh, I'm the company spokesman. Oh, I'm in the last year of a team-friendly contract and hit all these home runs for you guys, and I answered the bell with the media every single day for four, five. But he's seasons? choosing to do that. That's his decision. Sure. Like if he's sure, going to do it, he's that's still great. doing it. Well, sure, and I appreciate it's that. Extra but work. It's his choice. It's, it's extra his... work. He's being a front man. But he could he could have said in March, "Hey guys, look, if if you're Just not, not going to, to extend me, I'm not going to be." And, and that doesn't mean that he has to be a jerk or an ass about it. Sure. But he could have said, "Hey, look, if if you're not going to extend my contract and I'm not your guy, then things are going to change." And and we we would have been highly offended probably for a week and then been like, okay, I we'll think find we somebody lit him else. up for it. Well. You know, I just and it's, it's a rock and a hard place for him. All I'm saying is that, like, if you've felt like you've earned this due, and then when you get to decision day and you're not given that due, man, I would be. And I don't even know if he's talking about an injury or anything like that. He might just be talking about the contract. He might be talking about something in his personal life that we have That's no idea I about. Like, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Is it no something idea. very personal? Is it just? Yeah. Is it contract? Is it injury? And obviously, if he wants to expand on it, he can. I think if we just go back to what we're seeing on the field from him this year, and he has started to show some signs of life in the last couple weeks where he's up to like 12 home runs now. And I think there's a run of two months in there like there always is with him. But this is what's, this is probably the second or third season where things are happening. There's a couple injuries or young players, and they need their guy, Brian Dozier, who makes not top money, but he makes like big-time professional baseball money, and he puts up numbers over the course of a season. And they need him over a two- or three-month stretch where they got a shortstop who's been suspended, they've got a couple struggling young players, and everyone's kind of looking over to him like, dude, our offense needs a jolt, and where's the run? It's not there. And it's not there. And that's happened a couple different times from him yeah. where he just he just ghosts you for two or three months at a time. Yeah, and not, I mean, look, not to make this all about money and leadership because that conversation could go on for hours and hours. If Dozier's making nine million and has to be the front man because he's better at talking to the media because the first baseman makes twenty three million and is not that guy is not the rah rah leader kind of a guy that puts Dozier in a weird and bad spot and then when he's sort of the you want to call it the figurehead whether it's Brian Dozier or Paul Molitor when they're the ones visibly quote unquote I'll say failing just because of where the Twins are at in the standings mm-hmm. you look at the club as a whole it's collectively failing and then you look at the sort of figureheads and it's it's Dozier. It's Maurer to a lesser extent, I think, and it's Molitor, and it's the new front office, and it's all of that. 
Well, and then you take a Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton, Irvin Santana, and on and on and on and on out of the equation, and the team just flops. I think a misplaced amount of blame gets placed on the people, you know, at the top of it, rather than just calling it what it is and saying, like, A. Ray Adrianz is your shortstop, yeah. Mitch Garver's your catcher, you're playing with a mixed bag of outfielders right now because your supposed superstar's just not there and he wasn't performing. It's a it's a bleak picture right now for the 2018 Twins. And I, I just think that blame kind of has to be spread all the way around. In the case of, of Brian, though, I think if you're going to talk now, you, you either say, this is wrong, Hey Dan, here, here's yeah, a I probably or, wouldn't or have said just, that. Or you just don't say a thing because you're about to be said, set yeah. free. You're about to be gone. You're probably going to be traded at this point. So I just playing second base for a contender. It's just it's just frustrating to me when a guy basically says, "I'm not going to make excuses, but I'm going to float you one. I'm going to float you one, and then you and then you assess what what it the feels excuse like a football is. thing to me. It does. Like, it does. You covered the NFL for and a it long annoys, time. And it, it's annoying at best. It yeah. It it feels like really a football necessary. thing that. You're not going to hear a word from me. I'm not going to say anything negative, but like I, I could. Yeah. Just so you know. My foot might be broken. Well, or I, something might be wrong at, look, at home. Or I'm not pleased with, with my contract. Right, and, look. I don't even want to speculate. And by the way, this is pro sports, boys. Lots of times, guys, contracts lapse, and that's it. Like this, this notion, this notion in sports that's growing about you got to sign this guy to, to an extension. He's sure. a good guy. No, you don't. Brian prudent, Robinson. Prudent, prudent decisions. Prudent decisions are sometimes made. By not signing guys. Sure. Miko Koivu. Sure. Might be a great guy, right? Signing him to two year contract was stupid. Sure. Yeah. There was a time when I was all for like a three year extension for Dozier at 15 or 20 million as recently as a few months ago. Yeah. It's on the podcast. Yeah. And. I don't think it would be. I think I think a team's going to get value out of him for a few years. This I don't think he's washed up by any no, means. No, and I don't either. I think a hot stretch is coming, and I think he could have productive, powerful years. This isn't fair to me to throw at you guys and then run out the door, but if you want to talk about it later, Brian Dozier, you could trade him, or you could hang on to him and offer him the qualifying offer, which maybe it'll be around $18 million this year for one year. If he accepts that, one-year contract, $18 million, your leader in the clubhouse, second baseman, power guy, if he turns it down, you get a high draft pick. I, I'm fascinated to see which way they go with Dozier, if they trade him or keep him and then explore their other options. Yeah. And we'll find out in the next few weeks, obviously, you know, well, they could trade him August 31st too, depending on, sure. but I don't know. How, I don't think he's the type of guy that would pass through waivers very easily. Somebody would claim him and then you'd be negotiating with one team. So Wetmore, find him on 1500ESPN.com and the Touch Em All podcast. Uh, let's get back to some of the NBA. There's another NBA nugget, a Woj bomb that came down in the last hour. And if you have thoughts on where the Wolves stand right now in the Western Conference, open phone line 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. We'll be back in the game before you know it. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.